Well, I was seeking the Lord for a message for this New Year's Eve as we're looking at a, a new year to come into a new year of experiences, we could say. Um, and the thought I got was a kind of a continuation, kind of branched off from uh, something we considered on Christmas Eve. Right? And we, we looked at that thought from Luke chapter 2 of the shepherds you know, abiding in their fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And they were in the night and waiting. And then suddenly the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And, you know, it was that thought of, of a, just a group of faithful shepherds waiting in the night and they were faithful to continue. And they saw the shining of the glory of God. And we read from Psalm 130, which is one of the the 14 Psalms of Degrees or the Pilgrim Songs uh, that were sung by the, the pilgrims who were traveling to Jerusalem to celebrate the feasts. And, you know, perhaps as they were traveling, they were in their heart, they had a, a hope and a desire to meet with the Lord at this feast, you know, to maybe they needed an answer for something. You know, you kind of get a picture of that with Hannah you know, of how she was, she needed an answer from the Lord. And she was going there and crying out. She went into the tabernacle and was crying out and she got her answer. Right? And so there was that, that these, these Psalms kind of had that expression of, of a longing to meet the Lord in the tabernacle or the temple. And, and we can read this again, Psalm 130 and verse five, where it says, I wait for the Lord, my soul does wait. And it's interesting, they're singing this as they're moving. Right? So they're not just sitting still, but yet they're waiting on God. In his word do I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. And so you get the picture of these pilgrims. You know, maybe they were sitting around a campfire because it took several days sometimes to travel, depending on where they're coming from, you know? And, and so, you know, or maybe they're walking at sunset and they're just, they're looking for the rising of the sun. They're looking for the, you know, for the Lord really is the answer. Or maybe it's like the watchmen, like those shepherds, they're keeping watch over their flock by night, you know? And it's that thought that, that we wait upon the Lord and we have to watch over that position, that task he's given us to do or that position, you know, or maybe as watchmen, we proclaim the name of God. We warn at sometimes as watchmen. But what the psalmist is saying is that there are those who are looking for the natural light, natural things for the sun to rise. But the psalmist is saying, but I'm looking for the Lord more than anything else in this life for his, his light, his divine light, his illumination. Because when God shines his light upon a situation or upon our lives, it brings life, it brings direction, it brings clarity, it brings life. And so it's really that the psalmists are saying, I want my light to come from God. I need my answer, my direction, my, my source to be from the Lord. And so I set my eyes upon him and I look to him more than those that wait for the sun to rise so that 
their watch is over and their responsibilities are done and they can move on. They were looking for that light. Now, we know that when we're considering light, the sun is the brightest, right? That's the source of, of light and illumination for the earth during the day. But we also know that there is a light at night. There's different sources of light. Right? In fact, in, we see in Genesis, God ordained different sources, not just the sun. Genesis 1.16 said, God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night along with the stars, right? as well as the stars. And you know, So what does this mean? It means in the, in the fullest sense, the greatest light is the sun, and really the, full, the earth is going to see the fullest light when Christ returns, and he reigns in glory and power and majesty on the earth, and that's going to be an awesome time. It's going to be like someone flipped on a huge spotlight, and it's going to be very bright. And he's going to establish a kingdom of light upon the earth. But comparatively right now, it's like we're not there yet. We're in darkness, right? And it's like we're walking in darkness, but yet God ordained a lesser light to rule the night, the moon and the stars. You know, the moon is interesting. It, it actually represents the ch church because the moon is not the source. It's a reflection of the, of the light. And so we as the people of God were to be a reflection of the sun of righteousness, of Christ. And, you know, people can't see God. He's invisible, but they can see him in us. And they're to see that reflection. But also the stars. That's kind of what I wanted to focus on in this message. Because the stars are a type of light, and they can only be seen at night. Right? They're virtually invisible during the day, except for only a very few, and you kind of, and, and those are really planets. We'll consider that in a moment. But, and so, you know, for thousands of years, people actually navigated. It's amazing when you study history and you see people navigated the globe almost by stars, right? In, in the Pacific, the Polynesians, they, they navigated thousands of miles somehow in these little craft but they did it by the stars. That's how they, they could navigate and go from island to island. And it's that, you know, that thought that the stars are there for direction, for guidance. You know, if you're in the northern hemisphere and you want to know wh which way is north, you just try to find the north star, which is Polaris. Or if you're in the southern hemisphere, you look south and you try to find the, the constellation Crux, which is the southern cross. I haven't been in the Southern Hemisphere too much to, to see that one. That would be nice to see that sometime. Um, but of course, there's many other stars and constellations that people referenced in navigating. But it's the idea that God ordained light, both in the day and in the night, right? The moon and the stars to rule by night. And, you know, sometimes our season uh, is very clear. We know what to do and, you know, we just have to kind of keep walking in that. But sometimes it's not clear and we don't know what to do. And we're saying, Lord, help. And sometimes you, we have to go to the church, right? We have to go to those leaders in the church who can reflect the light of Christ and his wisdom to know which way to go. And 
and also to the stars, which can speak of godly examples, those who are living the life. You know, we're going to reference it again, but we can consider Daniel chapter 12 and verse 3. It says that those that are wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever. You know, those that are wise, that walk in, in God's ways, they're going to shine as those sources of light in the darkness to guide many people. And, and that's the source of light I wanted to just consider for a moment. Because actually, when you look at, at Christ and what was said of him, you know, Christ was foretold to be the star that would rise. Numbers 24 and verse 17 says, And there shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of their enemies, Moab, and so forth. But Christ was prophesied as a star that would rise out of Jacob. And he would come in a dark time, and he would show the way to salvation. And so that was, even from the very beginning, he was prophesied by Moses in Numbers. But then in the New Testament, we also have several descriptions of Christ, right? and then it, where he was seen by the Apostle John, right, all the way at the end. In Revelation 22, verse 16, it says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify you to these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. I love that, that phrase or that title of Christ. He's the bright and morning star. Right? He's the light of the world. Right? And he's going to come in the fullness of his glory. But he's also the bright and morning star. That actually is very significant to us now, where we are as a church. Because in ancient times, they, they observed certain stars in the sky that some would be really bright and they would shine brightest just before the sun would rise. Right? And they would kind of signify the, the dawn of a new day. And you know, in modern astronomy, we, we actually know that they're planets, but they, they didn't know that back then. Uh, the chief one being Venus. And so when they saw the star rise, they knew the sun was about to rise as well. The sun was coming. And I have a picture I want to show here. This was taken in Chile. And so you can see here, the sun has just risen in the morning, but then there's a bright star in the sky, which is Venus. And so this is what the ancients would call the, the morning star, the star that would rise in the morning. And they knew, oh, morning's coming. And so those watchmen who are waiting for the morning, they'd see the star rise, the morning star rise. Oh, the morning's coming. It's coming soon. And so there's that thought that Christ he is the star or the light in the sky that gives us hope that the day is about to come. You know, Barnes, in his commentary, he said that the, the morning star is the harbinger of the day. It's a picture of light rising out of darkness, foretelling the coming of the day in its fullness. Now, another, another reference to Christ that's very similar, is mentioned by Peter. 
Now, Peter, in, in, in 2 Peter 1 and verse 19, he says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well to take heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. And so Peter is encouraging the saints, take heed and hold on to the, to the sure words those, those prophecies given in the scriptures of what God is going to do and you know, how he's going to work in the earth. Hold fast to that until the day star arises in your hearts. In fact, the, the Greek word here for day star is one we, we recognize. It's phosphorus. That's, that's the word used in the Greek. It means light bearing. And What's interesting, you know, we're, we're pretty familiar with the, it's an element and a mineral. Um, and it's, what happens is it glows when it's exposed to oxygen. The, the oxygen, process of oxygenation causes it to glow yellow or green, greenish. But what's interesting is this is the same word that the Greeks use to refer to this star, which we know as Venus, right? That it would ascend in the sky just before dawn. And so Christ came the first time. He didn't come in the fullness of the glory, right, and the splendor, but he came as a lowly baby in a manger. And he ministered for three and a half years, and he became a star that pointed our way to salvation. And, of course, he went to the cross, and he was resurrected, and he ascended to his Father like the day star ascending in the sky as an indication that the day is coming, but also as a form of direction to follow him in that way. But it's a sign of great glory and the light that is to come in the last days, both in his millennium, but also the glory of his power being poured out upon the church at the end of the age. We can consider one last reference to Christ. This one's found in the Old Testament. And this is in Malachi chapter 4 and verse 2. It says, But unto you that fear my name shall the Son, or the, the S-U-N, the Son of righteousness, arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth as grow, and grow up as the calves of the stall. You know, that's Christ. He's the day star that's arising in the night, but he's also coming as the Son of righteousness. He's going to come to his church and pour out his glory and produce a glorious bride. And those who fear his name will meet the son of righteousness who will arise with great power. And I love that phrase, with healing in his wings. That's how the church is going to grow. Those who fear the Lord are going to meet the son of righteousness because they've known the day star in their heart. They've held on to that hope and they've laid hold with a firm grip on those promises and they've followed him in the way. So now they're going to meet the son of righteousness. Now, we can consider Christ as our morning star, but there's also our part in that and following him. You know, of course, what, what encourages me is, is that it's the day star that, uh, that arises in darkness. And now, it's not that the world itself, you know, 
has never been dark. In fact, the world has always been dark, right? The world has always been full of sin. You know, since the first generation, right? It was full of sin as soon as Cain killed his brother Abel and sin abounded. Well, actually, well, it was as soon as Adam and Eve sinned. And then that affected the generations after that. And so the world has always been dark. But of course, we sense a darkness increasing in the earth in the sense of, you know, the, we look at the condition of societies and different groups of people who used to follow Christ in his way, you know, certain churches and denominations that once followed the light. And, but Paul warned us, he warned us there would be a great falling away at the end of the age from standards of righteousness, right? We get a sense of that reduction of light in the sense of people loving the truth. Right? They're choosing other things. But what can we do? Well, we can set our eyes on the day star and receive direction and light in order to hold steady in his way. Right? And not only that, but our calling as believers and followers of Christ is to shine like the stars forever. Right? And we've read that in Daniel. But you know, the last days is actually kind of interesting. When you look at this concept of stars, it's, it's a story of some stars falling and some stars rising. Right? Because in Revelation 8, one of the trumpets, this is the third trumpet judgment that's, that's sounded, it announces the falling of a great star called Wormwood. But that's really the precursor to another star falling, which we know as Lucifer from, from Isaiah. Actually, the Latin word, I, I, I didn't realize this until I was studying the, this concept of the star. The word Lucifer is actually a Latin word um, and was used by New Testament translators, actually by Jerome. He just put that, he joined this Latin word to the meaning of this Hebrew word. Um, the literal meaning, literal Hebrew, meaning in Hebrew is morning star. And that was Lucifer. He was called the morning star. And so we know that Lucifer will also fall as a star right? because he's going to be cast out of heaven. Our calling is to rise as a star with Christ. Of course, we, we can read that in Proverbs 4.18 because as we follow righteousness and justice, right, our pathway as, as just ones is to be a shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. Now, there's much, we could, much more we could say about stars and light, right? the light of Christ and growing in brightness. But I just want to bring out a few points that, that we could focus on so that we can know Christ as the day star and the son of righteousness. And we read this verse earlier of Daniel 12 and verse 3. It says, They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that, they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. And we know the context of Daniel is firmly in the last days. And he's describing the days that will come. And, you know, he, he does talk about the darkness. But yet in the midst of that darkness, 
what's our goal and what's what's our calling is to shine brighter and brighter in the midst of a dark world. And so we're called to be little day stars, little stars that would arise in, and go in our course. And what is, what is our course described as by Daniel? Well, in, he mentions two things here. He says, those that be wise shall shine. Those that be wise. All right? And that, that kind of takes it to a new level, right? Because it's not just those who profess Christ, but it's those who are wise. Those who, who you know, are looking to heaven to make the important decisions in life. Those crucial decisions, not following our own path, right? Because we've heard the term wandering, wandering star, right? The ancients didn't really know. They were looking at some planets and they were like, why, why are they not following a set course? Well, they were looking at planets that follow a different course around our solar system and they called them wandering stars because they looked so chaotic. But a star in its course, right, it, you know, represents us as believers walking in wisdom, in the wisdom that comes from above. But really wisdom, it's more than just making good decisions in life, like not making dumb decisions. That's good. But wisdom in, in its core really speaks of a transformed life, a life that's been changed. Right? Because James tells us, what is the wisdom of heaven like? What's, what's the life of someone who's received wisdom? What is it like? And he says this in James 3, 3 and verse 17. He says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's willing to yield, it's full of mercy and good fruit without partiality, without hypocrisy. And so wisdom really speaks of a life that's been transformed by following the Lamb. You know, all of these qualities are divine. There's nothing in here that you could say we were born with that we're good at doing. We're bad at all of these things as human beings, right? Of being pure, of you know, being at peace and being gentle, especially willing to yield. No, no, none of us are born willing to yield. That's something we have to receive from an ability we have to receive from God. And the list goes on. But you know, there is a wisdom that would come from heaven that God would have us embrace. And as we do that, and as we make our decisions in life based on his wisdom, on his counsel, on his guiding, guiding hand, and we embrace that, we're changed. In fact, there's no way we can stay the same and walk in that pathway of wisdom because we become like the one we follow. And a light from heaven will start to shine through us as it shines upon us and illuminates our steps, it becomes a pathway of transformation. But then that, there's that admonition that to be like stars, you know, one of, the, one of the, the qualities of a star is its steadfastness. It's always there. You look up in, into the sky, you're never going to doubt, unless it's cloudy, right? You're never going to doubt that you're not going to see the North Star in its place. And, and they're always shining. They're always holding steady in their courses. And that's a, a picture to us. 
You know, one of the seven churches in Revelation was the church of Thyatira. And they were commended because they held fast in some things, right? It, it actually says that it's a pretty good list. They held fast in works, in love, in service, in faith, right? If you had all those boxes checked in your life, I mean, you'd be thinking, I'm doing pretty good. The problem was that there were certain areas of truth they had let slip, certain areas of righteousness, of morality that had slipped in that church. And the Lord was warning them, you're, you're like a star that's going off. You know, this is the second quality that Daniel brings out, is we're to be examples of righteousness, of doing things God's way. That's really a, a simple definition of righteousness. It's doing things God's way and not our own way. Right? The key in our day to be, to shine as stars is to hold fast to God's way. Right? Because when you go into the world, there's a lot of pressure, just pressure upon pressure to do things their way. You could be a Christian as long as you do things our way, X, Y, Z, and you don't tell us we're wrong and so forth. You know, so, and so there were some in the church of Thyatira who had fallen because they, were, they had let that slip. They let go of that hold upon the promises of God that are based on righteousness. They hadn't stayed the course. But, you know, there were some who had. And the, the Spirit's admonition to them was this. Revelation 2 and verses 25 through 28. And so the Spirit says to, to those in this church, he said, but hold fast what you have until I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I'll give power over nations, and he'll rule them with a rod of iron, and they shall be dashed in pieces like a potter's vessel, as I have also received from my Father. So there's promises for the millennium of ruling and reigning with Christ. But then in verse 28, and I will give him the morning star. You know, the key to shining like the star was to hold fast to what they had until he came. Now, he was coming to grant them power and victory, ultimately, but he was also coming as the morning star. And not only that, he says, I will give you the morning star. That's the true promise. It's not just seeing. It's a, it's a possession. It's a receiving. And what a wonderful privilege to be granted the morning star as our light, as our portion because it means being led out of the darkness of the night and into the marvelous light of the Son of Righteousness who will arise with healing in his wings. And so in this new year, let's be those who look to the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. There's a lot of things we, we can say, well, I wish this would happen or that would happen you know, or changes that could take place in my life, or I could obtain these things. But the, the real thing and the real goal that matters in life is looking to the Lord more than they 
that watch for the morning because the Lord is the true light. And if we look to him, he'll be that day star that will illuminate our steps and our pathway in life. But let's also not forget to hold fast to what he's said to us, to, to what he's given to us, to the, to the direction he would have us to walk in, right? to his wisdom, to walking according to his light, right? and then allowing him to change us in that pathway, to love peace and gentleness, a life that displays his good fruits sincerely and not with hypocrisy. And to righteousness, a determination not to do things our way, but his way. And as we hold fast to that way, he'll give us the morning star and it will be a time of arising. There's stars that are going to fall, but there's stars that will rise with Christ because he is he is on the rise as the day star. And, and he's rising to glory, to splendor, to power, because the sun of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. And Lord, we look to you. Lord, we just set our eyes upon you as the morning star, as the one who is directing us, who you have set each of us in our course, and you've called us to be like the stars that shine. Lord, we cry out to you that you would give us those eyes that would be set upon you. Lord, that you would give us a heart to follow after wisdom. Lord, and to walk according to the ways of heaven and not according to our own mind. Lord, and, and righteousness, that we wouldn't do what is right in our sight, but we would hold fast, Lord, to what you would have us to do. Lead us in that way. Oh, Lord, let us be faithful to that day star and that that would arise in our hearts, Lord, until your sun would arise upon us. Oh, come and work within us, son of righteousness, we ask, and we thank you, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.